Welcome to the Complete Manager Makeover Podcast, a management training and leadership development platform focused on providing managers and business owners with practical compliance and employee relations tips, tools, and techniques for every stage of their career or business. Our mission is to slash the statistic that employees don't quit their jobs, they quit their bad managers. Not anymore, because we are transforming the human and human resources with the Complete Manager Makeover. So good afternoon. Today we are going to be talking about an, part of the supervisory and management responsibility that begins the employee life cycle. And typically it starts with recruitment and interviewing. We won't get into the recruitment piece so much because typically that's handled by your human resources representative, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, all of those wonderful applications that are out there that help support the recruitment process. We will touch a little bit on that throughout this presentation, but what you will find is that this content that I'm gonna share with you is actually a full four-hour workshop with lots of hands-on learning, lots of opportunity to kind of put things into action with real resumes, real applications, and hopefully there'll be an opportunity for us to bring that content to you at a later time. But we're going to kind of condense it and give you the highlights because you may or may not be in a position right now to interview your potential employees. But if you're not doing it now, you'll possibly be doing it in the future. And I'm a big believer in equipping supervisors and managers to do the skills, to have the skills, to do the roles and responsibilities before they actually need to execute on those things. So if I look over here, then you'll see that I've got my presentation up and we're going to go through a little bit of everything in terms of interviewing skills legally and effectively. And we've put together what's called the pride model. It's, it's six steps to interviewing. And so we're going to go ahead and get started with that today. The objectives for today is obviously you always have to understand the current laws, rules, regulations that govern hiring practices. I'm a big, again, believer in saying, oh, it's not just because HR said so. The objectives, obviously, we want to understand the current laws and regulations that govern the hiring practices. We also want to make sure that we're using interview preparation to ensure a thorough interview. And there is probably a lot more to preparation than just grab the resume, grab the application and go. We want to make sure that we prepare properly with questions, with really understanding the job description as well. And while you may have done interviewing in the past that you have the job, you know the job, maybe you've done the job, there might be some nuances to the job that we tend to forget about. And we wanna make sure that we include all of those things in our job description. We also wanna make sure that we are using the right interviewing techniques. There are some things that you want to ask yes and no to. There are some things that you want to ask open-ended questions for, but then there's also sometimes that you want to ask the same question of every candidate so that you have a way to benchmark each of those candidates against one another to see who's going to make the most efficient hire for your needs. And then we want to maximize a new hire success with proper orientation and onboarding. We won't get into all of that today, but definitely something that we may 
take a look at in future sessions. Today, we're really going to focus on that interviewing process. So first and foremost, I always like to have a little fun at these things. Interviews today have changed dramatically. You probably used to interview face-to-face -face with many of your employers, and today, not so much. A lot of that is being done through Zoom, just like this. So hopefully you've seen this previously. I love to have a little fun, so let's have at it. Interviews of the day. This is how people do it now, Nikki. They have their interviews on the internet. I like it. I know, child. Okay, here they are. And when I hit this, yeah, they'll be able to straight, see us. So come straight, on and come get on, in here close so we can be seen in the webcam. See, see how small the webcam is? No, get you to cheat. Nick, come here. Okay, but don't crown me. We can see you guys. Okay, good. You got it. Hi, my name is Billy. We can hear you fine as well. Oh, great. Good. Billy McMahon. Nick Campbell. I'm Benjamin. Allison. We're going to ask you a few questions that some of our candidates find a little bit odd. Let's go. No judgment. Shoot. You're shrunken down to the size of nickels and dropped to the bottom of a blender. What do you do? You take her flat on your right, back right, like right. this. You just lay back and enjoy that as a breeze. Board, as a Pretend it's a fan. And let the those okay, bad legs wrap all around yeah. you like this. It's like getting an MRI. Once this blender's on, it's on forever. It's on. Respectfully, I got to disagree. We sold blenders, and even the best model in the world is only going to run maybe 10 or 11 hours. So we're getting out, and when we do, we're better off for it because whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's not so much... Getting out of the blender, it's what happens next. That's the question. You've got two nickel-sized men free in the world. Think of the possibilities. I mean, I, I, I'm top of my head and I'm just going here. swimming. Sunglass repair? We'd yeah, be hell yeah, on those little screws. Little, maybe stick us in those submarines that they put in people's bodies to fight diseases. Okay, yeah. you, that's, that's not a real thing, the submarines. No. Wait a minute. I thought we were stuck in a blender. Now we're saving lives? What? Uh, what? 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 Let me just recap this for you real quick. We started off in a blender. Yeah. Now we're saving lives. What? 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 Wait a minute. We were stuck in a blender. A and now we're saving lives? What? You guys led us to this. Thank you. Hopefully you don't mind a little humor in these things. I like to keep things like. And you know what? In this day and age, there are questions like that. And what do you really gain from some of those questions? They tend to be used for behavior-based interviewing and things of that nature. But I'm going to give you a couple of tools that might be a little bit more effective than the nickel-sized person in a blender scenario. So first and foremost, we want to make sure that we know the guidelines for non-discriminatory interviews. And this is going to be important so that as you're preparing questions, that you'll ask to every candidate, you ensure that they are within legal boundaries and guidelines. Now I have a little bit of a poll question. There's 10 questions here that I'm going to present to you and I want you to use your judgment whether you think the question is discriminatory, saying yes, non-discriminatory, saying no, or you're not sure. There's no right or wrong answer at this point. So we've got a mix of a little bit of everything. And we're gonna go through these one by one. There's actually several questions on my criteria, but we could only fit about 10 in for some discussion points. So without further ado, asking if an applicant has ever worked under another name. That actually is a legal question. You can ask another name, but what you cannot ask is, is it a married name? So maybe someone has in from another country, they were one name and have changed it. 
Maybe they changed it as a result of marriage or divorce, but you can ask if they worked under another name so that you can verify their employment. For example, my maiden name is Brown, but I was married and now I'm Perez. So I can, ask, I can say, were you ever employed under another name? I can indicate Brown for reference checking and things of that nature. But what you cannot ask is whether it's a married name. What kind of name? Did you change your name? Only whether you worked under another name. And that is solely for employment verification purposes only. The next question is asking an applicant where they are from or their birthplace. Oftentimes we wanna build rapport. That's an important part of actually ensuring that we can connect with our candidate, that we can make them feel comfortable because often interviews are a little bit nerve wracking. And while we cannot ask where they are from or their birthplace, that is actually illegal. So you cannot ask that. And so be careful when you're building reply. Oh my goodness, where are you from? That innocent, seemingly innocent question actually trips the wire because now we have national origin. And we're going to talk about legalities in another few sessions coming from here. But there's a law, an act called Title VII. And Title VII actually has this huge laundry list of things that you cannot discriminate against national origin being one of them. And the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, how many of you have heard of the EEOC? You've heard that term before. You actually trip the wire of national origin when you ask about that question. So you can ask where their residence is, you can ask how long they've been at their residence, but you cannot ask where are you from? So be careful with that one. The next one is asking an applicant to submit proof of age by supplying a birth certificate if required to support alcoholic beverage or minimum age requirements. This is a little bit of a trick question in that you can ask if the employee meets a certain age requirement as in this example. So in this specific example, you can ask whether or not the employee is above the age required to be able to serve alcohol. So if there's not a bona fide occupational reason, if the reason we're asking for age is not tied to the actual job, then you cannot ask about age. There are some states, however, that you can only work at a certain age. In those states, that question would be permissible only because we're asking because the law requires employees to be a certain age to work. So continuing on with our questions, question number four, asking an applicant for religious affiliation, name of church, parish, you all got this one correct. It is definitely discriminatory. It is absolutely yes to that one. You never want to go there. And that's pretty obvious in today's day and age. The next one is number five, asking an applicant if a citizen of the United States, we had a little bit of a cross here. Some of you, uh, we had 29% uh, of you said, yes, you can ask that. 
57% said, no, you cannot. And you can not ask this. So the, the answer is yes, it is discriminatory. And you can not ask that question. You do not have to be a citizen of the United States to work in the United States. You may have alien registration card. They're changing the name of that, I hear. I hope they do. I hate that word. Um, an employment authorization card. You might be here on a work visa as well. None of those reasons or none of those reasons to or authorizations to work in the United States provide that you're a citizen of the United States. So you cannot ask if an applicant is a citizen. What you can ask is, do you have the authorization? Do you have legal ability to work in the United States? Legal authorization. And that's how most applications should read. Do you have legal authorization? Because that can come in many forms. The next one is asking an applicant if they were ever arrested and to indicate the reason. We guys almost had neck and neck and one of you was not sure. You cannot ask about arrest records. You can ask about felony convictions, okay? Whether or not someone was arrested, and this again is private employers um, such as yourselves. It gets a little bit different when you're looking at public sector and things of that nature, but you cannot ask about arrest records. Most applications, particularly here in Florida and many other states, are actually removing that question entirely. There is a legislation out there called Ban the Box. Ban the Box says you can remove, you must remove the felony convictions question from the application because what they're seeing is that it is a way for employers to kind of discriminate against certain populations, socioeconomic individuals, things of that nature. What does that mean? That means that question tends to prohibit people from employment altogether before they even get an opportunity to interview with your organization. So ban the box is sweeping the nation with several states that have already enacted legislation to remove it from the application. Florida can still ask that conviction question and so it does still remain on our employment applications, but we are slowly seeing that change. I would think before probably the end of the year, beginning of next year, Florida will enact something similar. Number seven, ask an applicant to indicate what foreign languages they can read, speak, or are spoken fluently. And this question is actually a legal question. You can ask what languages but here's the next one, asking an applicant how they learned to acquire and read and write and speak that foreign language. So asking if an applicant can speak Spanish, French, German, any, and having them list whatever languages is permissible because we want to have bilingual employees in our workforces. So we can ask about what foreign languages in follow-up, we cannot ask how they learned that. Why do you think there's a difference there? If I ask an applicant how they learned to read, write, or speak a foreign language, what might that give me in terms of information? Birthplace, national origin, their native language, thereby also giving us their native birthplace as well. The next one is asking an applicant about previous work experience. 
And you guys hit that right on the head. No, it is not discriminatory in any way. We obviously need that information so that we can ascertain whether or not they can do the job, perform the functions that we are looking for them to perform. And then number 10, asking an applicant regarding the specifics regarding why they were terminated if listed as a reason for leaving previous jobs. And you guys hit that right on the head. No, that is not discriminatory in any way. Again, we want that information. Whether they're forthcoming and actually tell you the real deal is another story, but definitely a question that we can certainly ask in the workplace. One of the things that we as employers have to be careful about is asking for specific documentation. All the employee needs to provide you is the documents they were given that authorize them to work in the United States. That could be a passport, that could be a working visa, that could be an employment authorization card. There's a long, long list, and we talked about this. There's different documents on different lists because they have to prove two things. They have authorization to work in the United States, but who they are as well, their actual identity. And those, uh, some HR documentation that we talked about previously in Ileana provide that verification for us to know we've done our due diligence and in good faith can hire this person because they presented the documents from that list. Always want to make sure during your interviewing process that the questions you're asking are job related. What part of the job is it that you're asking about? Is it a role, responsibility, a schedule, uh, the hours of the job? Find the way to ask the question and ensure it's job related. And when in doubt, don't ask the question. Or give me a call to find out if you can ask him, <laughs> okay? Um, but after this, we'll definitely be sending you a list of several different questions that we couldn't cover today, obviously, with just an hour of time. But there are several other questions as well that we want to make sure you guys are aware of. So in addition to that, we want to be careful asking about marital status or family responsibilities? You know, are you married, single, divorced? Oh, I noticed your wedding ring. It's so pretty. We want to be careful to make sure that any questions and comments and conversation are solely focused on the employment and the job and the company and their work experience. You may have seen questions about uh, relatives working in the workplace. Do we currently have someone in the workplace who you're related to? That's an important question that can be asked, but you want to be sure never to ask about whether that candidate or that applicant has a relative at the same address, because that might establish dependency status, marital status. But you can certainly ask if there's anyone else employed and in what department so that you don't have family reporting to each other necessarily in the same department, things of that nature. Obviously, you all know, I'm pretty sure not to ask about whether or not someone is male or female, asking if someone is expecting. There are situations when you'll clearly see or think or believe that someone is expecting that might not always be the case. So we never want to trip that wire because there are regulations and acts prohibiting discrimination based on whether an individual is with child or expecting child. So we want to be careful about that. 
In addition to that, be careful about asking about membership and organizations. You can sometimes ask a specific organization that is industry specific. For example, Human Resources has the Society for Human Resource Management. It's industry specific, but it's not a society like the NAACP that might trigger a conversation about ethnicity or ethnic background. So keep those things in mind. But I'll be providing a handout that gives you lots of other information on guidelines for non-discriminatory interviews, including disability, education, citizenship, how to ask for references. We already talked about that arrest and criminal history question as well. And again, that handout's not going to be intended to substitute for legal advice or actual advice. When preparing for your interviews, definitely connect with me as you prepare for those interviews to, in case. When in doubt, don't ask the question, but definitely uh, reach out. Okay. So you know that there is an application form. And yes, we are currently in the process of updating uh, many of our members' applications for their businesses. And this is a sample application form that we use. You can see things like availability to start work. Uh, what hours can you work? Are there any restrictions on your schedule? This is where that tripwire can come up and where a candidate can actually say, well, no, I can't do Saturdays, can't do Sundays, whatever those restrictions are. Obviously, because we are in the state of Florida, we do ask the conviction question, and it is a certain specific way that that has to be asked in the application for it to be a legal question. And most states that do still have this, there's usually a specific verbiage. And you'll always want to make sure when taking someone's application and, and using that to prepare for your interview, that you are making sure that every single box of that application is checked off. And if you see that something's not, go ahead and hand that back to the applicant and say, I noticed that you missed this question right here. Would you mind going ahead and filling that out? In addition to that, you may see a resume or an application that says, See resume, see resume, see resume. We never want to accept that either because it is the legal statement, the applicant statement at the end of this application and most applications that provide the employer with necessary protections to verify everything on the application. If I say see resume, then it's not on the actual application, which is at that time of completion a legal document of the interview and recruitment process for your company. So we can verify things like education. If they said they had certain degrees, we can make sure that they have the ability to perform the essential functions of the job. We'll get into that when we talk about some of the legalities. Obviously verifying employment and their reasons for leaving. What we're also starting to see is moving away from questions such as salary history. We've seen a lot of litigation about salary history. We usually have a wage scale for every job and it says this is what that job pays and we stay within line with that. That's because we're seeing a lot of discriminatory practices in terms of pay uh, that are gender specific, age specific, that kind of thing. And so we're moving away as a nation from asking that particular question. And many states, much like the felony question, have started to move away from allowing that question at all. Again, more employment information, references, 
names of relatives, like we mentioned before. And then of course, the disclaimer that says we as the employer can ask questions, verify any information. And again, if you see an application that is not signed and dated, go ahead and hand that back to the candidate and say, I'm sorry, you seem to have missed a few things. Go ahead and, and answer those as well. Now, what are some of the things that you'll want to do with the resume? Obviously, we've got a sample resume here of Jane Doe, an executive administrative assistant. As you prepare for your interviews, it is your responsibility to make sure that you're looking at the applications and resumes and formulating questions as you prepare for those interviews. So, for example, what are some of the things that we can do to prepare in this particular example? Looking at professional experience, Jane Doe, this candidate right here, says that she created specialized training presentations to assist the staff with development, with staff development programs. A question relating to that might be, well, Jane, I see you created specialized training presentations. Can you tell me what application did you use to create those training programs and how did you go about creating the content, right? It's easy for me to say I did it, but being able to articulate how I did that, what application I used, what technologies, how did I gain or, or gather the information that was going to be presented. Now I get that candidate or that applicant to tell me how they did that. If they can't articulate how they did that, chances are they probably didn't do it. Now, in terms of education and training, sometimes I'll see things that, uh, you know, maybe someone started in the education of aviation and they wound up being in manufacturing instead. If they go night and day difference, I'll want to ask about that. I'll ask, well, you know, how do you start as a, in the legal field and shift your major into human resources or whatever that is so that you establish some patterns? and understanding of what their career goals are. And are they really still looking to be an attorney or are they really looking to do and be in the role that they have found uh, themselves interviewing for with you? Those are things you want to consider as well, that it's not just a pass-through job for longevity and retention purposes. So that's just a sample resume. And again, we can pick up this thing apart. Uh, we can probably look at the application indicate, you know, ask about reasons for leaving jobs. If they left those things blank, I like to ask, I see you've got 10 years worth of experience here. Start at the beginning 10 years ago, explain a little bit about each job and the reasons for leaving each position and bring me up to speed. Now I've given them three different things to give me. What did they do? Why did they leave? But, but those are the things, if they can't give me those three things that they've asked for, they might have some challenges with listening for instruction, being thorough in their responses, things of that nature. So it's okay to ask complex questions to help to see, you know, about their analytical mind, as well as making sure answer all those questions. So in addition to that, each of you, as you interview should have an applicant screening form. And we are creating all of this infrastructure for your organizations as part of the CMM process. Some of you have them already, some of you don't, but we will provide a pre-screening interview question form, just some samples, just those must-haves 
Are you looking for full-time, part-time, temporary, on-call, remote only, right? All those kinds of things. And then your pre-screening interview and evaluation form. This is an important part so that there is consistency in your interviewing process. You can't grade someone on this scale while grading someone else on this scale. You need parity in that position and in that interview process. And that's what screening and pre-screening documentation helps to provide that equal playing field that you can look at all of the candidates and kind of be less subjective and much more objective in interviewing and rating and really ensuring that they have the qualifications that you're looking for in the job. To say that any documentation, any notes you make on these screening forms or any pre-employment screening documentation, notes, information, do become part of that interviewing process and therefore legal documents. So I encourage you only put notes on an interview form. Be careful about putting notes on application forms. I actually say don't do that at all. Uh, It's fine to go ahead and take notes elsewhere and transfer them to your interviewing process or interview and screening form. But be sure that anything written here is also aligned with anything that is non-discriminatory. If you put something about, oh, they've got children to got to go pick up after school and not job related, don't write that down. Okay. We want to make sure that any information we are collecting to use in the interviewing selection process is only based on bona fide occupational qualifications and the skills necessary to do the job. So be careful about writing anything on those. So we're going to go into the prides model. We're going to go into a little bit more detail on the next call about the full process of interviewing, but I wanted to give you at least a little bit of a bird's eye view about what that prides model looks like. And we always like to say the prides model of interviewing is important because it shows that a great interviewer prides themselves on the interview process. When you look at today's workforce, we are interviewing that candidate just as much as that candidate is interviewing us. You've all seen the shift happening in the remote workspace. People sometimes don't want to even work in offices. They only want remote. So this interviewing process is going to be important. And I can't tell you that every interview I have is going to be an hour. In 15 minutes, I can tell if someone's going to be an actual candidate for employment and no more than 30 minutes in. So they're interviewing us just as much as we're interviewing them. And so it's important how we prepare for that conversation, how we build rapport, how we gather the information necessary to make our decision, how we describe not just the job, but the company in general and its culture, because that's something that people are looking for as well. We wanna make sure that they have their own questions as well. I'm a stickler for making sure candidates have a list of questions they're on that means they've done their homework and they've looked into us as well or at least looked us up on the website and can articulate some questions even if it's just why is the job open right and then of course summarizing next steps means telling that candidate what happens next and not leaving it open-ended in terms of when will I hear the more we can stick to this prides model of interviewing the better because that really does create 
the most effective, efficient, but also professional interviewing process. So we're going to go through that on the next call in great detail, some of which we've already touched on, but digging a little bit deeper with that next session in terms of how we prepare and use the Pride's model for interviewing. So, well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening to The Complete Manager Makeover. I'm Lisa Perez. If you enjoyed our show and want to know more about our community or training resources, search for us on the web, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at The Complete Manager Makeover, where I invite you to become part of our community. Please leave us a review and share our movement to transform the human in human resources with The Complete Manager Makeover.